morning, everybody. Here we are, lovely Sunday morning in the bucolic splendor that is northeast Kansas. Everybody from Colorado is snickering behind their hands and rolling their eyes. But I like Kansas, it's pretty. So, so let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this day and uh, all that you've done for us. God, your, your goodness to us, your mercy for us. God, your love towards us. God, you've, your word says that you've loved us with an everlasting love. Lord, and we're, we're grateful, God, for your long-suffering and your patience and, and your love to us, God. And God, today we just invite you in this place, God, to, to minister in this place what you would minister, Lord Jesus, to, to say what you would say, to do what you would do. God, I just pray that uh, your word would come forth exactly as you intend for it to. Lord God, that uh, you would soften our hearts, God, uh, break up the, the ground inside of us to receive the seed this morning. Lord God, uh, I pray that you would raise our expectation, God, of, of indeed receiving something from you today, God, and prepare our hearts, God, to uh, bring you something, God, to, to bring you praise, to bring you honor, Lord God, we just praise you and worship you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. So, he that has a merry heart has a continual feast. You know, and uh, having uh, a couple extra church services a week is kind of like having a continual feast. You know, it's great. Um, Though our outward man perish day by day. Does it slide back? Okay. Ah, I see. Yes, you know, I, I realized this week, I'm not old, but uh, not as young as I once was. I was I was at work and I was thinking, I used to be so much faster at this and I used to just be so tireless at this and now I just really want to just sit down and have a Coke, you know? Um, but then I got to thinking, I was like, well, my I'm kind of thinking back to like, has it really been 10 or 15 years that I'm thinking about? Oh, my gosh, it is. Okay. So that explains a lot. But, uh, you know, so it, it can be a little taxing on your flesh to make, you know, come to the extra meetings and stuff. And, but, man, what a blessing it is to, to get to, to have that fellowship with the saints and, yeah. and, and all that. And, you know, I know I said that last week, but it's, just, it's really a blessing to, you know, be where the, the word is coming forth. And, uh I was thinking of, you know, it's like, man, Lord, I really need you to get me ready to receive this because it's like I'm, I'm already coming in here not terribly hungry because I, I have a great meal every week here, you know. And it's like so when I come in for an extra, it's kind of like, wow, better, you know, get a hollow leg. So I appreciate what God's doing. Um, so, you know, God's good to us. And uh, um, go with me to uh, Colossians chapter 1. So I solved a problem today by bringing a different Bible. Because my old one I've had since uh, I got married. And uh, so it's very old. And... Uh, um, 
it's it's had enough of a it's it's well loved enough that uh, uh, repaired the the uh, cover with uh, packing tape, and so it just slides down the pulpit continuously. So I thought, what if I got one that wasn't so slick? So here we are. Um, every time I try to find a good place to start, I see why Ron has so much trouble. Yeah, first one. Um, let's see. Well, I should at least probably start at the beginning of the sentence, yes? So let's go with. Well, yeah, Paul's sentences can be like a chapter long sometimes. Um, I'm still looking for a period. Okay, verse 9. That looks good. Okay. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, not cease to pray for you. And the it would be their love in the Spirit. So he's, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's glad to hear that, you know, it's like you guys have received and, uh, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. And he says, we cease not to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power and unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. That's that's quite a weighty sentence. You know, and it sounds like an awful lot to do. You know, it's like to be filled with the knowledge of his will and wisdom and spiritual understanding and uh I was talking with somebody recently about, you know, our you know, our faith uh is not something that we just clench up and flex it. It's not quite like that, you know, because we try to grab it and it's just, it's like grabbing at those little floaty spots after you stand up, after you've held your breath, tying your shoes. And it's like, it's, I can see it there, but I can't get a hold of it, you know. And uh, um, so, you know, these are things, you know, Ron talked about this recently, these are things that we should pray for, for God to do in us because these are the things that we need. Um but the thing about this whole book uh, is uh, these are the things that God has made provision for his people. It's like this. It's like, I'm telling you, you need this, but God's already made the way for you to get it. And so, so we, we pray for those things and we receive those things. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that as we go merrily along here. Uh, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, and all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. And that's kind of a contradictory statement. Long suffering with joyfulness. I, I like short suffering, and mine's usually kind of gripey. But, um, but you know, there's a. You know, I was thinking about the story Ron told about uh, getting Katie chocolate milk at two in the morning or whatever it was at the hotel. I was thinking I. I would probably just have to tell them too bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's yes, you are my princess, but it's the middle of the night. You know. But uh you know and my little princess wants milk in the middle of the night frequently. Uh or at inconvenient times and I was just thinking, well, you know, I know Ron tells that story. I would like to know how much enthusiasm he had about going down the street <laughs> to go get it. You know. 
because it makes makes for a, a great story now. But if it was me putting on my boots and getting out in the snow, I'd be like. So, I know sometimes, you know, we don't exactly feel enthusiastic about the place that we're at or the things that we're doing, but yet, that's okay, you know, because, you know, it's not, our our sense of well-being doesn't come from how we feel or how things appear to be around us. In fact, it's typically the opposite of those things, you know, because walking by faith is about what is what is God telling me, what's the Word of God say about me, not what does this look like, because things can look really and, and God can be telling you, eh, this is fine, you know, this is this is going to turn out all right. So that that would indeed give us a reason to have uh, patience and long suffering with joyfulness, and uh, and love does that. It's easy to suffer long with with somebody that you love. Um, you know, um, one of my my kids came in this morning during my prayer time and uh, just climbed up in my lap in my already really uncomfortable chair that there's I, there's barely room for me in. And we just, we talked, we had a good time. But I was thinking, man, this is really, you know, and he likes to get in between my legs and like sink down in there and pull my blanket off <laughs> and just kind of be wrapped up in this little thing. I'm like, would you stop? <laughs> but But I love him. So, like, okay, I, I can deal with this. It's okay. So that's a very Pollyanna kind of thing that you can suffer patiently. But, uh, I, I can think of things I've suffered that were much worse, but uh, nothing so recent. Um, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet or fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So, so we didn't make ourselves fit to, to receive it. He made us fit to receive it. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness. That's good news. And translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. You know, I like the word translated. You know, it's like you all know Cynthia is uh, uh, going to school to be a sign language interpreter. So she's translating, you know, and... Uh, um, you know, there's lots of instances in life where we need translation. Uh, you know, uh, Cynthia and I were talking about, you know, communicating and like, how do I communicate? Because she's got a class where she has to think about that, and and uh, it made me think of how men and women communicate so differently. You know, it's like, well, I said this. It's like, well, that's not what I heard. It's like, yeah, it's like you need an interpreter there. You know, it's like, it's like I, I don't speak woman. Well, but, well, you know, it's like, um, you know, and um, and I, I think, I think honestly, uh, I think we all have our own little dialect as well, and so, and that's the great thing about a marriage is you learn, you learn their dialect, you learn their their patterns of speech, as it were, and. Uh, um, Cynthia says, I understand her better than, than she does, so I guess I must be doing okay with that. But, but there are times when uh, you know, we require a translator. But I like that he says that we're translated into the kingdom of this dear son. So it's like it's like the God found you incompatible with his kingdom. It's 
like it was like just didn't make you know you, you didn't fit because it, you didn't speak the language you know and it's like God's like well then I'll just translate you into it it's like whoop Google Translate you know there you are in into his kingdom you know uh, or or like Philip you know said so Philip translated you know it's like just here you were one place and then poof here you are in, in the kingdom and it's just that simple it's not this gut-wrenching agonizing journey you know you're not climbing up the up the steps on your knees you know it's here you are it's like you you were outside the kingdom now you're inside the kingdom it's just that easy and this is why in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins now this is what I actually wanted to get to so everything else was free if you would like to continue, please insert a dollar. Oh. Who is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of every creature. And so so Jesus, then, is the image of the invisible God. You can't see God, but you can see him. You can see Christ. It's like, you know, if you could see God. There used to be this song on the radio when I was in high school, What If God Was One Of Us. It was a stupid song. But... But it was like, wow, you know, what if what if you could just see him uh, and see what he's really like? That's what Jesus is. You know, he's, uh, you don't have to go there with me, but I want to read you something in, in Hebrews where he also uses the word image. In three, he says that Christ is the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power. And when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. He says he's the express image of his person. The Darby translates it, uh, the expression of his substance. So it's like if you could see, if you could see him, there he is. And so the, uh, uh, the Jewish people were so far removed from the character of God that he could come to them and they couldn't even see him. That they could totally misjudge him and think that he was anti-God when he was very God. He was the God. He was it. And yet they could not see it. So we have this, um, you know, we have the law. We We needed this kind of criteria of, okay, so you know there's right and wrong, but you need to know, yet you have to have something to base it on. So here, here's your criteria. This is what you base your right and wrong on. And uh, it was precious for God to do that for us. But he, uh, you know, even then, it's easy to misunderstand. And you can see how down through the ages, man has misunderstood the character of God based on the Ten Commandments. And based on the law and seeing him as this, you know, kind of harsh taskmaster, drill sergeant type of God who, uh, you know, doesn't care if you come or not. And and nothing could be further from the truth. But uh, um, God cleared all that misconception up in the incarnation of Christ, because He's God incarnate, like God walking in the flesh, just like you, just like me, so that you could see what He's like. And uh, so I want to talk a little bit about this this Greek word that that He uses here. 
that he's the image of the invisible God. And the Greek word is icon. And it's where we get the English word icon from. And it's more than just an image uh, and in the sense that we would think of it. Like I think of an image as like a picture or, or perhaps like a maybe a statue or something. But that's, there's more there in the Greek word than just that because that's simply a likeness or a resemblance. And certainly icon means that, but it also has this implication of sharing the very nature of the thing that it, it resembles. So so Christ is the image of the invisible God, and he says that he's not, not only is he the likeness of God, but he has the very nature of God. So again, like I said, so if you could, if you could see him, well, here he is in the Gospels. You can see him. You can see how God acts. You can see what his character is. You know, uh, a, a good example of, of how this works is you think about children and how they look like their parents. Um, when I was in junior high, I think Mike and I were walking around at the track there in Baldwin. And there was this uh, older gentleman there. I had never met him in my life. I had no idea who he was. And we he, he was just one of those talkative type of guys. And so he stopped us and talked to us for a while. We're talking away. He's mostly talking to Mike. Mike's a little more outgoing than me. And, and he just, this guy turns to look at me. He's like, and you're a Collins. And, and I just, <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes I am. Like you're Jerry's boy, aren't you? Yeah. Like okay, well, you know, uh, apparently I look that much like my dad when he was young that you could see it. Uh, you know, my my children. It's like they look so much like me. You know, yesterday I was looking for my little bespectacled son that looks just like me. And, uh, um, you know, I go back, I, I went back and looked at uh, pictures um, from when I was Jeremy's age. And I thought, wow, bless his little heart. I already know what he's going to look like when he gets older. <laughs> you know? and, uh, uh, and and darned if uh, Zoe doesn't have my, my smile and my, my little eyeballs, but... Um, you know, it's funny how that that, trans, that likeness just carries on. Uh, my my mom got out some family pictures a while back, and she had a baby picture of her when she was about three. And she was showing it to her brother, and uh, and she told him it was Zoe. And perfectly believable, except that it was a black and white picture, and it was the house they grew up in. And and he's like, "How did you get a picture of Zoe next to the old house?" And she kind of looked at him and was like, oh. So there, that resemblance is, is that strong. It just carries on. And uh, so, you know, I, I, uh, they don't look so much alike to me now. I have people ask if my sons are twins. But uh, when they were really little, it's like I have to kind of look at the context of the, the pictures to tell which kid is this. It's like, how much did I weigh in the picture? Okay, well, then that was Jeremy. <laughs> It's like, oh, a little chunkier. Okay, that one's Levi then. Mm. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's just funny. Um, 
I remember being there when Aiden was born, and it was like, you know, there he was, Aiden, awesome kid. And then Alex was born, and somehow I expected him to look exactly the same. And he looked anything like Aiden. And I thought, okay. So then I had Jeremy, and here he looked like this mini-me. And then we had Levi, and I'm kind of expecting something entirely different. And he comes out, and it's the same kid again. It's like, man. Zoe came out, and she didn't really look much different either. So I thought, man, it's like looking at the calendar. It's like, is it? Am I just living the same day over again or what? But that, so that likeness is there, you know, and and that's what God has has done in us, because He's He's put that seed in us, and so that likeness is passed on. So I want to read a little bit more about that. It says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn. Of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by all things, or by him all things consist, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. And in all things, that in all things he might have the preeminence, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. So, so he keeps talking about him being the firstborn. Not only is he, is he the image of the invisible God, not only does he have that nature of God, but he's the firstborn. He keeps talking about him being the firstborn, and so he's so he talks about him being uh, the firstborn of every creature. So so he has this this preeminence over all creation. The Darby actually translates it: he's the firstborn of creation. And so and and that that fits right in with what he says here: that all things were created by him and for him, and by him all things consist. So and so he's the efficient cause of creation uh, and of everything you see around you. And, and that he's, he's the head of the body. So, and firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So, uh, you know, that, you know, you don't have anything if you don't have the head. You know, it's like you can, you can get by without a hand, you can get by without an arm, you can get by without a leg. You, you, you're not going to do okay without your head. You're just done then. And so, so he says that, that he is the head. And so, so we need him. And and that he is that in all things he has the preeminence, you know. So he, you know, he's the he has that preeminence in life because he's the firstborn of creation, and he's the firstborn from the dead. So so he has dominion over everything, over life and death. It's all in him. Uh, go with me to Romans eight, and I want to talk a little bit more about this idea of being the firstborn. So in Romans 8, uh, 
Verse 28 sounds good. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. It's hard to, you know, even get near that verse without reading it. You know, it's like, that's one of those verses that sometimes you kind of say with this kind of fatalistic attitude, well, all things work together for good. One of those things you say through clenched teeth, all things work together for good. You know, it's a, it's a great verse. It's great medicine. For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, he justified, and whom he justified, he glorified. So, so now we have we have both of those words again. You know, I'm a, I'm a word guy. I like that that, that we're going to be conformed to the image of His Son, so that He could be the firstborn among many brethren. So, you all know how this works. That He He harvested that righteous seed from the cross, and then He put it in you. And so, not only are you adopted, but you have you have been born again into his very nature. And so, just as certainly as you probably look like your parents, you're going to look like him. That that nature will come up inside you, and it's it, that's just how it works. And and someday you'll be walking along at the track, talking to a complete stranger, and he's like, and he's going to say, and you belong to Jesus, because he's going to see it in you. And so that, that, that likeness is going to come forth. And, uh, you know, he says that we're going to be conformed to the image of his son. Uh, there's a couple of, uh, couple of interesting things about the, in the Greek about uh, the idea of a son versus simply children. Uh, the, the Greek word for child uh, is technon, and it's, Child in like a generic sense, you know, plural or not, doesn't make much difference in this case. It's just you're born of God. You've got that seed inside you. Uh, you may not necessarily resemble him, but you are a child of God. And then there's this other word, and that, and that word is never, ever once used of Christ. The, the word that it uses for Christ is always this word hoyos, which is son. And the idea behind a son is that he displays the characteristics of the father. He displays the character of the father, the nature of of his father. And so the difference, we all start out as, as the children of God. But he makes us into the sons of God by the things that, that he teaches us, by the things that we go through. And so then we become... Sons, we come into maturity, and then we start to display His nature, and people can see it in us. And so He says that we're going to be conformed to to that image. So, so there's a there's a process there of being conformed, because He tells us not to be conformed to the world, because you know we 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 become the children of God and we still we're still conformed to the world. Paul says don't be. He said don't be conformed to the world. Don't 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 go that way. But we all come in looking that way. And and 
you know, sometimes it's easy to look at somebody that's like, wow, you just came in out of the world, didn't you? And and God doesn't mind that. God's not concerned about what you look like because he knows that once that seed is inside of you, he knows what you're going to turn out looking like. And 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 that's going to be, that, that's what he's after. And so, uh, but to be conformed to something implies an awful lot of pressure. You know, like like the like Ron was talking about yesterday with the the beaten gold, the one piece of gold beaten into the shape of the candlestick. Um, you know, it's it's not like poof, here it is, the candlestick. It's like there was a lot of a lot of work, a lot of chiseling. You know, it's like it's, uh, it makes me think of that old song, uh, "The Potter Knows the Clay." You know, it's a really great song. You know, and he talks about he's got a beautiful design, but it's going to take some fire and some time. But it's going to be okay because the potter knows the clay. So, you know, sometimes we go through those places where uh, where your eyeballs are bulging out and uh, and it's getting awfully hot. And, you know, you come to church with no eyebrows and people people know that you're being conformed. To the image, or you had an accident with the grill, like I did. But, no, so no, I, I appreciated God yeah, taking care of me on that. You know, I, I ended up with one place on me that got burned really bad that actually left a scar, and it was actually on my elbow of all places. But I kept uh, it was really pretty painful, and and it kept oozing, and it's really unpleasant. And I kept thinking, man, God, I'm really I really appreciate that the whole side of my head and my face isn't like that. You know, like, that would have been a really crummy birthday. <laughs> you know, and uh, that, was, that was just an interesting experience. I remember just, like, here I am having all these people at my house for a party, and I'm thinking, wow, I was just about, like, a greasy spot on my back patio, <laughs> you know, and so fireworks. And I, I still have some hair here that is too short to do anything with. It just kind of does its own thing. But it just burned it right off. But, uh, yep. And it was funny because I came inside and I was kind of upset more than anything. I was like, I can't believe that just happened. That was the stupidest thing ever. And uh, uh, I go over to the kitchen sink and I'm like washing this crusty blackened hairs off my forearms. And so he's like, are you okay? And so I told her what happened and everything, and and uh, she was concerned as only a wife could be. And uh, uh, so I was going to go put this burn cream on that we had upstairs. And uh, she's like, "You need help?" And I was like, no I, "No, I got it." And by the time I got upstairs, the the reality of what had happened just began to kind of settle in on me. And I'm like digging through the cabinet, like, <laughs> and. Uh, so I go back over the top of the stairs, like, hey, uh, yeah, actually, I could use some help, you know. And so she's like putting this stuff on my neck and my ear and my face and stuff, and uh, just looked so concerned. And uh, so I, I was kind of having some fun with it, trying to get her to just relax. <laughs> okay. So I guess it's all right. I'm all in one piece. It's okay. Something about seeing someone else's concern kind of helps you realize, eh, not so bad. It's okay. But, you know, we, we go through places that they leave you shaking like that, you know, where it's like, that was really hot, and that really, really hurt, 
you know, but but God knows how to bring you past those things. And and every one of those painful, burning pressure type places is one step closer to being conformed to His image, is one step closer to coming up into that sonship where we begin to display His characteristics in our life. And I, I wish that we could do that with not all that. That would be nice, just kind of... I've, I've always wanted the fairy dust treatment, you know? And, uh, you know, and I've, I've, I've talked a lot with Mike about... Uh, um, my life just seems to be so smooth and easy. And um, when I really look at it seriously, it's it's not so much like that. But uh, you know, um, you know, God takes us through. I mean, some really, really tough places. And um, and so you know, I would I would encourage all of you that are in a really tough place that that feels like nothing could ever be okay again, or this is just this is so hot, or this is just like I'm hoping I can get my eyeballs poked back in after this. That um, you know, the Bible says that you know that when a woman is in travail, you know that it's a very sorrowful thing, it's a very painful thing. But as soon as it's over, then all all the the memory of that pain is forgotten. You know, and uh, and I realized eventually that that a lot of the things that that I had been through that was really really difficult. I mean, I've been in those places where I felt like this could never, ever, ever be okay again. And, uh, but, you know, having come through it, and then you get a little bit of distance from it, uh, then you really say, well, you know, that wasn't so bad. You know, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to do that again. But, uh, I, I appreciate the experience because I know that, uh, that, that God knew that was something that I needed to come closer to being conformed to his image. So he knows he knows the design and so if if he knew that that was a part of what I needed then then so be it. You know, Job said that he knows the way that I take and when he's tried me I shall come forth as gold. So so he knows how to conform us to that image but the uh uh but he's put that nature inside of you already, and so he just has to bring it out. He just has to, it just it has to grow, and he has to get all the other things out of the way that would crowd it out. Um, but uh, you know, to me, it just seems like a an, an inevitable thing that 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 nature is going to grow up inside of you and bear fruit, because the seed brings forth after its kind. So, so he's that image. He's the very image of God, and he said that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. So, you know, as much as we would like a, a nice little cakewalk with confetti, we can look at his life and see. Well, okay, so it's probably going to be more the Via Dolorosa then. But coming through that place is is going to get me conformed to that image that that he has because. Uh, the Bible says that the, that the captain of our salvation was made perfect through sufferings. So, so he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. He came into that, to the the very image of God in that same way. God, we just we thank you for your word and for your blessings to us. How you've kept us and molded us and, and made us. Uh, God, we uh, 
appreciate the things that you're doing. And Lord, we just pray that today uh, your spirit and your presence would just permeate this place. God, that, that our hearts would be completely wide open to receive everything that you have for us. God, and that we would become determined to, to bring a gift to you, to bring uh, praise and glory and honor to you, God, because you're worthy of it, Lord. And the, the, the more painful it is to bring forth that praise, God, the, the more valuable it is, the more costly it is. And, uh, God, we just pray that you would uh, put in us that determination today to, to bring you glory because you're worthy of it. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.